Hello, everybody. We are excited to announce our partnership with Homefield Apparel through the Dave Campbell's Republic of Football Podcast Network. Homefield has launched their North Texas Apparel line as they continue to expand their growing collection uh, that is now over 150 teams across the country. Obviously, this is a huge deal for us as we are incredibly excited to give y'all a discount code for y'all's orders as y'all go in there and see what they got and obviously uh, buy things just based off Twitter. Y'all will be doing plenty of that. The discount code is MGREEN, which gives first-time customers 15% off and for returning customers 10% off. Again, the discount code is MGREEN for those watching. Let's put it up on the screen, Colin. Mm-hmm. Uh, that code works for any purchase of home field, even if it's not North Texas specific. Home field is obviously uh, one of the major apparel lines in the entire country. It's dedicated to diving into the archives and history of each school to discover unique designs that make them perfect for showing off your school pride as college football returns. Colin, what, what do you think of home field apparel? Yeah, I mean, I feel like as all North Texas fans, we've been waiting for a moment like this in a long time. Obviously, home field apparel seems to have the hookup for us. I mean, I'm really, really excited to get my hands on some of those designs that they got. As Bruni already said, they don't just have the generic, you know, North Texas. It's It dives into what makes a school special, which I think I'm the most excited for. So you'll be seeing some of that on the podcast if y'all, y'all are watching. You'll be seeing yeah. us wearing some of that stuff. Definitely. If you're interested, visit the Homefield website at homefieldapparel.com. It's super easy, and you can access their wide-ranging selection of, of teams. Shop at Homefield and use our discount code MGREEN at checkout to get your discount. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Green Room Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me today is Reed Smith of Mean Green 24-7. Reed, you are in Colin's place because Colin is is moving. He bought a house, so now they're moving into the house. So congratulations to Colin. But uh, how are you doing today? I'm pretty good. How are you, Matt? Doing okay. Doing okay. We're recording this at 6. Doing a little double feature. Got you and got uh, DJ Draper and JJ Murray coming up later to talk TBT stuff. So. And tough act to follow for that. Loaded, loaded. Po- I don't know what order we're going to put them in yet because it's kind of separate. Yeah. I got to piece them together. But regardless, yeah. great episode here. Colin's missing out. Um, yeah. But you were at the AAC Media Days um, or Media Day over in Arlington. Mm-hmm. And North Texas, obviously, uh, represented there. Easy drive for them. Eric Morris, Mason Richards, Jet Duncan. Uh, we were talking a little bit beforehand about the differences between the AAC and Conference USA, but what were just, if we start general, just what were your takeaways from the overall experience at, at the media days? You know, I think Texas live, especially you got to say it's a great venue. Dude, um, I love yeah. going to like, I've been to, I haven't been to a Cowboys game, but I've been to a good amount of Rangers games and I went to one in a new stadium. I went to two in the new stadium this summer. And I had been to Texas Live before because I covered high school games in the uh, old bar ball, ballpark. And, yeah, man, Texas Live is awesome. Yeah, so great. Texas Live, great venue. You know, every time I go, find something new. Hadn't been in the hotel portion of it yet, so mm-hmm. that was a new experience. It was very nice, you know. Mm-hmm. They had all of the all of the team banners up. They were, uh, they were just very organized is what I, I used that before the podcast. It just felt like a – you know, a, a big event, and that's not to degrade former conferences or anything, but like, yeah, the, the American definitely seemed like it was, you know, a conference that wants to brand itself P6 and yeah. really did just kind of live up to that experience. The 
I mean, I, I the biggest uh, pull quote, I guess, from the entire weekend, and we'll get to North Texas in a bit, but was the, the Charlotte head coach. Um, I don't have his name, but banging the table about only in three questions. And then didn't another coach did that too? I think USF's coach did that as well yeah. in a similar manner. Yeah, he was a little bit less. He was just like, oh, three questions. I'm going to go. Like, that was fine. But uh, Biff Pogey, I mean, it, it had to be a rough morning for him because you wake up, you see your team is ranked last in the media yeah. poll. And then, yeah, three questions. I was writing a story in the room while he was up yeah. there. So, you know, I'm not going to ask him a question. I got, I'm waiting for my people to ask. So I'm writing, and then I just hear, boom, boom, boom. All right. <laughs> And then he walks out, doesn't shake anyone's hand, just just leaves the room. <laughs> so the thing people, I mean, don't understand. Well, a the American, I don't know. I went to SEC Media Days last year, right? Mm-hmm. And so what you have is because I saw a lot of people saying, "How dare the writers not have a question for every single coach?" You, I mean, I personally, and I think everybody there, it's like if you go to cover North Texas, I have nothing to ask Charlotte. Now, unless yeah. if I am, I, I could assume like Brett Vito, maybe, or, you know, somebody from the DMN, maybe doing yeah. an overarching story on the teams from the conference to say going to the American. That's not my beat. No, that's yeah. not, if I cover LSU, I'm not, but there are like the only things that I could figure that, that do get asked at these things are like, um, North Texas, you would ask, let's say Trent Dilfer at UAB, like. Hey, you know, what do you know about North Texas and the history of, you know, playing them and stuff like that? That's what you would ask them. But like, ultimately I'm indifferent on those questions. It's like, all right, you're getting another coach's opinion on your team. Cool. But at the end of the day, um, it's kind of just filler in a lot of ways, but I just thought that was hilarious. The discourse around that was, was something. I know. Yeah. And, and Charlotte really did pretty market it pretty well. They did that pick three games, just three questions type yeah. deal. So, well, the other thing was, it's a massive mistake from Conference USA, or I'm sorry, Ameri- the American. I think Conference USA did too, but to release it beforehand. Yeah. The SEC releases it at the end. Mm-hmm. They release it day at the end of day four. Like they released the all conference teams and all that stuff. I'm like, I, I didn't, I didn't fully wrap my mind around that they did it that early. It just didn't make sense to me. Yeah, um, it, it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me either. But you know, I, I think that you know a lot of people are saying that Bifoji was. He, he shouldn't have been mad. I, the quote I pulled, I believe, on Twitter was like, he said, we're not some Conference USA team heading into this conference. And I was that was kind of like a, hey. <laughs> like, oh, man. Oh, man. Um, I kind of got everyone laughing a little bit. Yeah. Well, <laughs> to, they released all conference teams. Um, well, let's talk about North Texas first and kind of your takeaways from North Texas and what uh, you heard from them. We can start with Eric Morris his time talking to the media, just what, what was your impression of Morris in this setting? Having seen him, obviously you've talked to him before in a scrum, but this is a kind of different setting, different questions and different, you know, preparation for the season. He's very charismatic. Uh, Mm -hmm. Eric Morris, he will always start something with, I kind of like when coaches or anybody does this in this kind of setting, he always starts out with a little bit of a personal narrative. Mm -hmm. He, He started out with the Mike Leach thing and then kept going. He just is kind of a guy that no occasion is too big for him. Like he he can he can light up the room wherever he goes, and that's something that UNT really hasn't seen for a little bit in football, at least. You know, McCaslin had that aspect, but um, obviously Latrell didn't, which is fine. It's a different style, but yeah. that was my big takeaway. I mean, he said hello to every reporter he knew, myself, Brett. You know, said hey to us beforehand, and just a pretty personable guy. And then in terms of 
his thoughts on the season, you know, he wasn't making any big grandiose statements about how the team is going to be, but he, he was pretty adamant that he's confident in um, the experience that they have coming back on the team. But it, it did acknowledge how, how there are some shortcomings on the team, especially at linebacker. He said that they would need some help there and have looked in the portal for it. So. Yeah. You mentioned linebacker. Um, Cause I, most coaches kind of do like a little self-assessment during this. It's kind of like, all right, we're strong in these areas. We're going to keep getting strong in those areas. Did it feel like a coach that was taking over a program, like in this first year where he was like very much like, Hey, let's slow down. Let's not over, you know, exert ourselves and expect to win this conference year one. Like, did it feel that way from him? Absolutely. I, I you know, I don't know if you had gotten this impression from previous uh, statements from Morris, but a part of me felt like he was, hyping the team up just a just a little bit which is yeah. probably good when you first come come to a university it's kind of what you got to do but um I felt like this was a more realistic sounding Eric Morris this was somebody who knows the challenge ahead and and knows that there will be challenges in the season you know it won't just be click right off the bat here we go yeah what were your impressions of the players, Mason Richards and uh, Jed Duncan uh, being elected to speak? Uh, did they, the big question with players, it's always, did they say anything of substance or was it kind of just more PR type talk? You know, it was mostly PR type talk, but we did get, I think, a, a good quote apiece from, from Mason and Jet. Mason had said that, I asked him if the switch back to defensive line had been rough for him or was it just kind of natural he of course answered oh you know it's kind of natural he's not going to say yeah I struggled to make the adjustment so he said it was natural uh but he did say that he had the most fun ever playing football when he was playing linebacker I thought that was kind of an interesting quote um that he would say that and then go oh yeah but I am playing defensive line it's going to be great rushing quarterback things like that um and then Jet we uh both me Brett and another reporter uh, JD asked mm-hmm. about the offensive line and just how connected they were, how confident he is. Obviously they lost Jake Long to Duke. Um, mm-hmm. That was kind of a big deal. We didn't ask about that, but it is a big deal. We had to kind of do our yeah. due diligence on that. But um, he said that pretty much it's still open. Like it, it, our, he played a little bit of center at, at spring. And so, that. Yeah. And I, I thought that was pretty interesting since that's a position he hasn't played since freshman year. Um, and he said, yeah, it's just still whoever's the best five guys, you know, and that Ethan Miner and the Palavai Pulu and those incoming guys are, you know, very talented and they're going to be fighting for a starting spot. So it was interesting to me that, you know, they still don't feel like they have a, a line yet. Like you figure, yeah. you figure Duncan, and Blair, 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 Babetchi yeah. Nawaiwu more than likely yeah. are going to be three guys that are definitely on the line. But those other two spots are, are wide open. Yeah, it always feels like that with new coaches. The offensive line is like the hardest thing for them to grasp. I don't, I don't know why that is exactly. It's just it was that way at LSU, it's that way in North Texas. I feel like it's that way in a lot of situations. Like you go down the list of new coaches, but um, North Texas picked to come in seventh. Uh, in the conference, um, I, I said on Twitter, North Texas has the hardest schedule in the entire American. 
uh, with I think one, two, three, four. I think it's one, two, three, four, eight, nine, ten, eleven, something like that. Some something along those lines. Yeah. Um, what do you think of North Texas being in, in the seventh spot right now? I mean, obviously the American's so new. Like for me, for you, obviously everybody. But you think seventh is kind of fair? Yeah, I mean, a lot of the coaches and Morris said that it's just such a it's such a gray area right now. Nobody really knows what's going to happen, but I think seventh is probably safe because if you look at the profile of the team, it's a team that has talented players, but, but lost a lot of talent. There was a game note that I I had noticed in in the first game notes that they had sent that like UNT has is like 13th or 11th or third. I'll check it, but 11th or 13th in the country and returning production which is kind of interesting to me considering, you know, you think about the production that lot that left shorter Gaddy second leading tackler, Nixon, like, you know, it's a team. Yeah. Hmm. It's interesting really, because especially I think seventh was almost generous because of the quarterback situation. You know, you figure it's going to be Chandler Rogers, but who knows? Like, yeah. Yeah, we had on an Amer- I had I talked to an AAC uh, writer from Underdog Dynasty um, mm-hmm. the other day, and he kind of laid out the conference really well for me. To now, I have a better grasp on it. Um, to me, it's still very much you have your top three: Tulane, UTSA, SMU. Memphis is mostly considered that fourth best team, mm-hmm. and then you kind of go from there. It's like everybody else could be good, could be you know fall off a little bit because that's where you get into the. Conference USA schools, and you're just like, is FAU going to be good? Is UAB going to be good? North Texas, you don't know. Um, so I do think seventh is, is pretty fair. Um, not far off behind um, ECU uh, for sixth. I do want to ask, kind of moving away, do you have anything else on on media days before we get going, uh, before I ask a couple of fall camp questions? Not particularly. I mean, just final thoughts on it is that it was a good event. It was a big event. I thought Arezco's opening statement on Tuesday was – pretty much what we expected it to be where he's somebody who truly believes the conference is still elite. And if it's not, then it will get there again. Yeah. Now looking at fall camp starting up next week. Um, I, I wanted to ask you first, is there like an underlying underrated storyline uh, within this team that you're kind of looking forward to seeing when it comes to this fall? Uh, Cause we all, we all know about the quarterback position, right? Like yeah. we want to see Chandler Rogers take that step forward. Um, I think like, I don't know, like new coordinators, new coaches, all that stuff is very much we, we know about it. But like, is there anything that stands out to you? Like, all right, this is what I'm looking for to see. You know, I, I'm really looking at that new wide receiver room, uh, mm-hmm. replacing the production that Jair Shorter left yep. is just going to be a, a tall task. I mean, if you look at his numbers from last year, it's a monster. But, you know, they bring in number of guys still got a lot of talent in there i'm looking for a breakout star in, in jamori macklin i think that everything we saw in spring the guy's attitude his talent that he could be that leader that the uh wide receiver that the room is really just missing at this point and needs kind of a breakout from yeah but yeah that's my underrated story yeah jamori macklin's my pick to lead him in receiving this year rod burns is getting is still getting a lot of run as far as and we, we know what he is right yeah. like obviously he'll he'll get his catches i'm not minimizing him i do think jamori macklin has the upside though that can be yeah. like all right this is the new guy here exactly. um what are 
so if we run through the position battles that you're looking forward to seeing, I mean, it, do you still consider quarterback a position battle? Or is this very much like a hey, this is it's not it's not a done deal. Morris said that there's three guys still in the competition for it. So, you know, we're going to see it. and, and <laughs> If you're putting percentages on quarterbacks right now, where are you putting the percentages? I'm like saying starter. Chandler Rogers, 70. Yeah. Jace Reuter, 20. Everybody else, 10. It just feels like – or, yeah. Anybody Someone else. Else. Yeah. Anybody else that – if – Anybody other than Rodgers, if they got the starting job, it would feel almost like the first failure of the Morris era Mm -hmm. because you bring in the guy, one of the most efficient passers in the country, albeit in Sunbelt, but um, should be a guy that matches that offense. On paper is the most talented guy in that room. It should be Chandler Rodgers. And, you know, I think we talked about it last time I was on here for spring. It was like, Jace Reuters, one of those just like fool me once kind of guys, because this is exactly, you know, the type of play that everyone saw in 2021, where he had really good camps and then just did not show up in season. So it it just seems like Chandler Rogers should be the guy and really does kind of need to be the guy. Yeah, that's, I think you worded it well with, with Reuter. Um, it would have to, he would have to just be unbelievable in full yeah. camp. I think. Um, what are, what are the positions here? I mean, let's talk about the linebacker position real quick. Um, because on paper, it's Kevin Wood, Jordan Brown, uh, C- Crop, C- C- Liotta, Crop, Carson Crop. So that's four. Um, yeah. I mean, is it as dire as it, as he as he makes it sound yeah i mean i think that really when you look at larry nixon among the fan base especially he was sort of underrated which is kind of crazy to say when you're talking about a guy that was the second leading tackler on the team last season but you know larry nixon leaving was was not a, a small thing that was not a oh you know that can be replaced he was very solid for unt last season I'm going to our video last week. I don't know if you saw it. We rate, we um, put into tiers the position groups at North Texas. Yeah. The North Texas position groups, right? Yep. So we had S tier, A tier, B tier, C tier, D tier. It's like those streamers, you know, they'd be putting things in the tiers. Yeah. I forgot where we put linebackers, but we did put them as the C tier. So second to bottom. Yeah. Um, I didn't consider them in the, in the D tier though. Cause that, I, I, I don't know. I think I just still hold out hope for Jordan Brown. I think that's an interesting um, situation to be in. I did put, we did put the tight ends as D tier. Oh, tight end. That is, is rough looking. Baron. Yeah, bear. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that's that's interesting. Um, other than that, I don't think there's really anything. Any other question marks? Receiver, linebacker, quarterback, safety position is probably a posi- position of of competition. I would say what. Phil Hill, yeah. Nakwasa, Phil Hill, Wilson. Wilson's yeah, pretty much Logan Wilson. locked in, but yeah, Logan Wilson. And then for cornerback, I mean, I I don't think there is a world where Lorenzo Thompson has such a good fall camp that he maybe jumps over Davis. But mm-hmm. you know, you don't know what you're gonna How get. How old is Davis at this point? <laughs> he's he's, he's got, got a year five. 
Yes, year five, so either 23, 23 or... something like that. Wish something they like could stages. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, man. Uh, anything else on fall camp before we let you go? Uh, Nope. Just got to see him first. A lot, yeah, lot see to him. see. Gotta see them a lot to see. That's what yeah. that's what fall camp's for. Hopefully they give you all good access and you get to watch everything. I don't know how Eric Morris is compared to Latrell more Doesn't access. Like videos is what I've heard. So we'll see if that changes. Yeah. That'll be interesting. Because yeah. we yeah, we could do, we could always do at, at LSU it's like you do video for like the first twenty minutes. Yeah. And then either we have to go or we can stay but we can't record. So it's like that little way of doing things. Yeah. But all right, Reed. Um, thanks for joining. Thanks, thanks for joining me. Uh, for those who want to check out Reed stuff, Mingreen twenty four seven on Twitter, uh, Mingreen twenty four seven dot com. Um, I vouch for it. Obviously, that's the that's the spot to be for North Texas fans. So check all that out. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, get into the DJ and JJ interview in a bit. All right, appreciate it, man. And now joining me is none other than DJ Draper and JJ Murray, the GMs of bleed green at the tbt tournament guys how are y'all doing today we're good man happy to be here we feel uh privileged to be on this show yeah and i know i know y'all do last time before y'all played in the first tbt um we had y'all on i think that was our first ever like youtube video time we did on 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 here uh i was in mckinney and we did it on the video and we talked about building the team and all that stuff so i already have a general idea of how everything goes for y'all um but now i'm glad that y'all have won enough games to where i can have y'all on during the actual tbt and we could talk some basketball like actual basketball that's been played um because man i've i've watched okay i'm not gonna lie i stopped watching at the first half i'll stop watching at halftime of the first game because y'all were up 30 i'm like all right they're good but the second and third games in the lab and enchantment i was tuned in locked in the whole time a little scared, but this y'all y'all put together quite a team uh, this year. Um, I don't know where you want to start, but what has it been like for y'all over the past two weeks to see this all come together? Uh, I mean, I think it's been rewarding, and like for us last year, obviously we feel like we felt a little bit short. Um, I mean, high for our expectations, but mm-hmm. once we saw the team come together. Um, you know, it gave us that itch to kind of want to do it again this year. So um, it's rewarding because we have full-time jobs outside of this. So, you know, we put a lot of time into, you know, making this team happen. And, um, you know, you you never really know how it's going to work out. You just kind of lean on, you know, what you um, know about basketball, what you know about building teams and relationships and things like, like that. And, you know, for us, it's been, you know, pretty good so far. So um, that's how I feel about it. DJ, last time uh, we talked, uh, you said, you know, y'all had reached out to, you know, Grant and Ross and all these people about building the team. This year, obviously, I'll return a lot of the same players. Was it easier this year? It was like, all right, we know what we want to do. Like, we have an idea here, and now it's just filling in the, the holes. Yeah, I think last year we were just building the foundation, trying to figure out how to, you know, raise money, what type of players to have on the team, how to even get in the tournament. And then this year we were really able to kind of put that on autopilot and just focus on who we want to have on the team, you know, what type of players we want to build around. 
um, and go from there. So I think it was definitely easier from a, from a buildup standpoint this year than it was last year. But I think the expectations are higher this year as well. Well, the thing is, and this is y'all can, whoever wants to jump in off this, but like looking at last year's team to this year's team, I was concerned going to this year, Shannon Shorter obviously couldn't, uh, was on this, this year's team. And then Duffy before the, before the tournament uh, is out. And so I was like, Oh man, they're down to seven, eight guys. But then you add James Reese and it's perfect. Then you add uh, Brett Reed, who seems like a perfect, you know, uh, guy off the bench. Uh, you add Kai and it's just like, it keeps rolling. Y'all are somehow, it feels like this team is better. This team feels, and maybe not better is the right word, but it feels more balanced in a lot of ways. That's what I feel watching. It's like this team has everything you need, like the wing defending, the guard creation, obviously with Jefferson and Stevens. And then you got the bigs of Zach and Reed and uh, Thomas. Like, did it, did, were you like, all right, this is a lot more balanced of a team this year? I think during training camp, we we realized that Kai and James brought the defensive energy and the youth that we were missing last year. Yeah. And so we were really happy with that, but we didn't go into it saying we needed to get that defensive energy. We did go into it saying we needed some youth because we saw Davion Warren on Texas Tech teams last year just be really efficient and dominant because he could pick up full court and you could just tell he was energetic. So we knew we wanted like a guy like that this year and we thought Kai would be it, but we didn't realize the defensive pressure that would come with it, which has really been a blessing. Yeah. And to kind of piggyback off what DJ uh, mentioned, like coming off of last year, we had success, right. Relative to, you know, uh, a first year team, but we kind of, we kind of took a step back and obviously you always want continuity with any team. So we wanted to, kind of pick a core group of guys we wanted to bring back. But we also knew we couldn't run it back with that same roster because at the end of the day, we didn't win um, the tournament. And so when that happens, there always has to be changes somewhere. So uh, we returned the core group that we wanted to. We did hate losing Shannon. Me and DJ, you know, love Shannon Shorter. Um, he was the first guy that we knew we had to get on our team last year. And so losing him this year um, sucked, um, but we knew that we did have to um, kind of fill that position. And it did suck with, you know, losing Duffy last minute, Williams last minute. But in, in typical Mean Green fashion, we knew that we were good, you know, with eight guys. So um, we feel good about where we're at. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, you kind of mentioned Mean Green fashion this this team definitely feels North Texas like Thomas Bell is playing out out of his mind right now. Um, James Reese obviously is being James Reese. Like I first possession of the first game, I think it was the first game, he comes and hits a pull up mid range jumper, and I said, "All right, we're back. Like it's just <laughs> we're back to where we were." Um, Kai, like you said, the defense, like the defense of this team feels very much North Texas, and I don't think I expected it to translate this well like against all like the new mexico team right that's that's a team with pros on it with guys who can score the ball and you're just like did what north texas always does like no today you're just not gonna score the ball that's um have you seen that kind of buy-in from everyone and be like all right we're back to what we usually do like this is we're back in green this is what we do 
Yeah, it was super cool when we got together for training camp, seeing guys like James Reese, Thomas Bell, and Zach see each other for the first time in a while. They were giving hugs like, you know, they're brothers. So you can tell they have a lot of memories together. Um, and I think it's a it's really a credit to our coaching staff at North Texas because Kai, you know, didn't play with James Reese. But because he was in that system, he can just hop in. And it's like they've been playing together for a couple of years now. You know, so I think it's just kind of like the mean green culture that you can throw some people out there and you'll you'll see some continuity with it. Yeah. And, and to piggyback off um, that, like we don't think we're we're reinventing the wheel, you know, with this team or anything we're really doing. I mean, I've, over our time at North Texas, we we don't think we get the respect nationally for the style and the and the. Um, the way the team is kind of constructed, but I mean, we kind of followed that with how we, you know, constructed this team and obviously having former alumni, like DJ said, helps because they're kind of familiar with playing a role, defending, and those things are important when you have a winner take all tournament. Um, and there's no, um, if you look at these guys' backgrounds, there's no, um, there's no, uh, you know, no secret on the why these guys have had success in postseason basketball. And so having that, those sort of guys on a team for us is a no-brainer. Um, and we think it's directly contributed to our success so far. I got to talk a little bit about Brandon Jefferson and Jordan Stevens because I said that they are now they are now honorary North Texas alumni. Um, I don't I don't care. These, these are two guys. Obviously, I didn't know a ton about them beforehand um but over the last two years it's like they just keep making plays man they just and that's why it, it helps you like we said kai reese thomas all these guys but at the same time over the last four years what have all those north Texas teams had they had jv on hamlet then they had tyler perry and now it just feels like it's brandon jefferson jordan stevens you just plug them in and you're like all right we got the guards and then everybody else knows exactly what to do uh, what has it been like watching those two guys they're awesome. They're um, they're elite human beings, elite basketball players, great leaders, um, and man, they are just some of the best guards that I've ever seen live. They just hit tough shots and they make tough plays. And the reason we like Bruni, just for the record, they were honorary last year. You know, they earned they earned they earned that. For sure. Um, they were cold but, last year. <laughs> But the, you know, we can go on and on. I mean, about those guys, right? We, but what we like about them the most is that they they come from D two backgrounds, and so I mean, those two guys, along with Brett Reed, are D two guys who, you know, know what it feels like to play in empty gyms, know what it feels like to be overlooked, but to still produce at a high level. So. Um, we know those guys aren't prima donnas, um, are, you know, super grateful for the opportunity and want to compete, right, with the best. And so that's a big reason why we kind of like, you know, those D2 guys because, you know, we've had experience, you know, dealing with the latter. Um, and, you know, we like going this route. Yeah. Uh, i got to quickly mention um, the coaching staff even though I wasn't, I once again was not selected to be a part of the coaching staff this year. I, 
I don't know. I don't, again, I don't know where my application got lost in the process here. You're too um, expensive. Too expensive. Yeah. I wanted a bigger cut than what y'all had. You're too expensive. Oh, <laughs> um, but I think I was watching, I don't remember if it was in the lab or the enchantment game, but I was like, I think it was both games. Honestly, I was like, this is a team that's like actually knows exactly what it's doing every time on offense, first of all, but then defensively the enchantment game to deny their best play of the ball to put Kai on him and then rotate, just be so sharp with everything all the time. And um, obviously Andre Shaw um, has been in North Texas a few years and um, very much respected within the program and everything. But like, this is, this is some high level coaching going on right here. Like this is, this isn't just like roll the ball out, go play that, that kind of, I don't want to say it caught me off guard, but this is like, you can see it in games. And obviously like, you know, we watch enough basketball to where you can see it. Like you can see it with this team. Yeah. I think it's a man. Coach Andre Shaw is so good in this head coaching role. Let's the guys play with confidence, but also has an elite, you know, strategy mind. When we go back to the hotel after games and before games, coach Shaw, coach Lacey, coach, coach Blakely, they're all together strategizing on what's the best thing to do. They're watching film, staying up late, waking up early. So you're right. It's definitely more than just roll the balls out. JJ, um, has anything surprised you so far through three games? Anything of what you've seen, whether this, what's this team's good at, how they're attacking, how they're winning games? Um, I mean, you're always, especially in this spot, like, that we're in, you're always nervous before games. Um, you just, you know, you try to do your best to put those guys in the best position possible to where they can just worry about basketball and, you know, trust the coaching staff to prepare them for games. Um, I would, I mean, I would just be honest and say I'm surprised by, um, from training camp on to this point, you know, how well the guys have connected even off the floor uh, without – I mean, obviously you return a core group, but you have some new guys, newcomers that we brought in who kind of fit right in. So that that surprised me, honestly, was just the flow offensively. Um, and there hasn't been anyone kind of confused really on what the role is. And that is probably the biggest surprise because you, you get these guys together, you know, for a few days before a game, you know, you would expect some some disconnect and flow and, you know, some issues or role allocation, but that really hasn't been an issue. Yeah. Well, we can um, start to wrap it up by looking at what's next. Y'all got three games to win. Crazy enough, there's still three games to win. It's a 64-team tournament. feels like y'all have already, like, made the championship game, but still uh, into the quarters. Um, I know y'all watch a ton of TBT, and – I mean, when TBT first started off, I watched a lot of it. Then I didn't watch for a few years. And then I think the last couple of years, I think two years ago, I probably started watching more. And then this year I've watched, I've watched a good amount. Um, I'm just saying this as a obviously partial, but also neutral observer. I think y'all can win this thing. Like at this point, I'm looking at it like, okay, I've seen like sideline cancer. They came back and they, you know, one by 20 or whatever. Um, you got like the blue collar U team that's the one last year, all this stuff. But like, I'm I've watched a good amount of teams here, and I'm like, I wasn't sold on the aftershocks. I was like, that aftershocks team, they're not going to do it. Like they're they're done. And 
I watch y'all and I'm like, I think this team is just so balanced and so well-rounded. I think I think y'all can win this thing. I, I have y'all let yourselves like think of it like that, or is it just like nope, nope, we can't think Bro, of it. Bruni, we're we're just trying to win. We're trying to find a way to win on Monday, Bruni. <laughs> yeah. Win, win one game, you know, control the things we can control, and that's on the defensive end. But uh, no, man, you go to you go to JJ's house, and he's got a white boy with what he's gonna do with the money. <laughs> no, man, we can't even talk about the yeah. That that's not even a topic of conversation until we uh, shoot far, far down the road. But oh, we think we're good. We do think we're good, dude. I'm telling y'all, y'all can win this thing. This is I'm excited. I'm excited for this. Are you coming? Are to, go ahead, JJ. Are you coming to Louisville? I'm no. not coming to Louisville, JJ. DJ, Jesus. Come God, JJ. man. I'm to Louisville. It is are you flying me out? Well, yeah, probably. <laughs> Put me on the bench. I'll be there. I told you you're too expensive. Put you're me on the bench with a towel. I'll be Patty Mills. I'll be Patty Mills over here. Uh, I'll be what what DJ was like his freshman year, where <laughs> towel waiver. Yeah, hey, you gonna be team. watching? You'll you'll be tuned in though on Monday night. Of course, I'll be tuned in, man. I I watch. I've watched every game besides the second half of the first game, which it was over. It was over already. But. All right, we need we need you to watch Louisville tonight. We need you to watch the end of this shell shock and gutter cat game, and we need a game plan. We need strategy. We need hey, your help here. All I saw was gutter cat score three points in the first quarter. I'm not worried about them. No, we're not worried about them. Put them away. Now, <laughs> y'all got them. Just gonna clamp them down. Uh, I love y'all's team. This is great. Um, yeah. Well, we'll see. I well, I'm, I'm gonna keep texting you, DJ. I'm gonna keep being like, hey, who who we got next year? Who we got next year? That's all. But like you said. One game at a time, Monday. You win it, you're gonna have your DMs being flooded. Just gonna be like, hey, let's go. Where's where's the where are the roster spots? I mean, you only have eight players right now on the damn team. Come on, man. Gotta I don't play hard if you want to play for us. True. We like eight. <laughs> I like I like eight. Y'all got a good eight too. That's a that's a good eight to have. That's a fun eight to have, man. Jeez. Um, all right. I'll let y'all go, man. I've I've been talking y'all's ear off enough. But yeah, uh, let's plug it real quick. Well, we don't know who we're playing, so we. I'm gonna start saying we. We don't know who we're playing here. This guy, JJ. <laughs> I need a. I need a. I need a thousand my way when y'all win, just for the marketing. That's what I need. Oh man, DJ, uh, DJ, you win a couple games and now it's we. Yeah, now it's we. <laughs> yeah, look at this shirt he's wearing. He hasn't worn that shirt in like three years. Then he dug it up after we won the third game. <laughs> Man, I have y'all on before y'all's first TBT game. I have y'all on as in the tournament, and I can't get any, I can't get any praise here. All right, well, uh, Bleed Green will play somebody on the thirty first um, at eight p.m. in Louisville. Louisville, I always say Louisville. I get corrected a lot. Louisville, and um, yeah, it'll be on ESPN. I assume ESPN one, ESPN two, somewhere around like that. And uh, we can tune in. It's been a lot, man. Like I said, I've been tweeting through all the games, and the interaction's been really good. Like people are actually like very much invested in this. So don't don't let us down. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, appreciate y'all for coming on, man. Best of luck to y'all the rest of the way. See ya. All right. Thanks, Rooney.